guest today is uh, Aaron Wall. Uh, Aaron and I, uh, well, we got connected through a, a Facebook group and, uh, we, you know, she wanted to come on and talk about mental health, uh, both men and women's mental health. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, okay. So I'm 29. I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, about actually uh, Halloween six years ago, I did acid and that fucked my brain up and i went into the mental hospital for about three months and figured out that i was bipolar um went into psychosis lost my goddamn mind uh and i've basically fully recovered since then but it's been a long long road to recovery um from from an acid trip yeah from an acid trip Mm mm-hmm that sounds like some bad acid. <laughs> yeah, and not necessarily. I mean, no, yeah, not necessarily. Acid affects everybody differently. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never and especially, <laughs> yeah, like, predisposed to certain conditions and stuff. That that's psychedelics you don't want to do. I, I well, that's actually what I was going to ask. Do you know, um, you know, before the acid trip, where you did you have any, you know, depression or anything like that? Uh, yeah, so I was severely depressed. Uh, it was a lot of up and down. There's a lot of life changes going on. And I think I was 23. And that age, like 18 to 25, is actually the normal age for you to have a psychotic break, actually, because of so many life changes that are going on. Yeah, that, that sounds about right to me. Yeah. Yeah. And no. I. No, go ahead. Uh, I wrote a book about it, uh, it's on Amazon uh started a podcast about it um but i think i fully recovered about three years ago uh after this podcast i'm actually interviewing my first psychologist for my podcast and awesome yeah and but i mean like i told billy like earlier i've had a lot of other struggles since then um i've just been like fortunate enough to never ever go back into psychosis because like once you open that door you can always go back that sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Uh, so I, I guess my question for you is like, how, how did you know that you ended up needed to, uh, to go to? You said the psych ward. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't know. My parents took me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, let me. Okay. Let me. The night that I, the night my mom took me, uh, we were. We were at like a restaurant on the on the pier. I lived in San Diego at the time, uh, so we were at a restaurant on a pier, and uh, so like it it shook back and forth like the floorboard. So I was sitting on a chair, and it was like rocking back and forth. But in my mind, I was sitting on top of a pile of dead zombies. That zombies were climbing up trying to eat me. Oh. <laughs> so oh, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. 
when you're in psychosis, it's like a disconnection from reality. So you're in your own little world in your mind and whatever you experience, you cannot tell yourself that it is not real. You cannot snap out of it. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, wow, it's your perceived <laughs> reality. Yeah, literally. So how I perceive it or like how I try to explain it, because honestly, nobody can really understand unless you've been in it. <laughs> Bless you. Um, Thank you. It's kind of like you're playing a video game, kind of maybe like VR, but you're not in control of what's happening to you. And it's the scariest things that your mind can can think of that you're going to experience. That's some wild shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so in this experience where you're, you know, you, you think that zombies are crawling up onto you, mm -hmm. do you voice this opinion to your parents? Do you, like, how how does that play out? Um, I forgot what I said. Um, I think, okay. So at the time my boyfriend was with me, my, the boyfriend I had at the time, uh, and he was sitting across from me, like telling me a story. So he was trying to calm me down. So when I was in psychosis, I was going like in and out. So like my parents at first didn't know that I was in psychosis because there were times that I was there and there were times that I was just in my mind. So, like, I, I couldn't I couldn't tell them what was going on in my head, like what I was seeing, what I was hearing, what I was feeling. But, okay. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, but, you're cool. I, and if I get too personal, you know, tell me to oh, tell no, me I'm, off. But, I'm an open book, literally. Ask me anything. Yeah. The, the whole reason, you know, we started mm -hmm. this, having guests on the podcast is because we're curious about stuff that we ourselves don't experience. Mm -hmm. So, um I mean, I would not wish psychosis on my worst enemy ever. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound pleasant at all. Mm. It's like now, a living what, living nightmare. What did the psych ward do for you? Um, you know that. No. Or, or I guess what what was your journey to to being healthy again? Um, a lot of medication. Uh, so when I was in the psych ward, I was also catatonic. So catatonic means. Like here, you're frozen. So my when I was in the psych ward, my parents would, and my sister and my grandma would visit me and like we would play card games and I would like, stop it. I would set a card down, but while I was setting it down, like my body would freeze and I would freeze in place. And okay. I would just, and I would just sit there for a couple of minutes and then I would, and then I'd move again. And that's okay. called, cat that's called catatonia. So they gave me medication to fix the catatonia and then and get me out of psychosis, basically, to get my brain back to normal. And I'm, I, I know you did say how long you were in there, but I forgot already. Uh, how long were you <laughs> in the psych ward? Uh, so for the first time, it was about six weeks. Then I actually got out. Then I, okay. they, they lowered my medication. I spiraled back into psychosis. I went back for about three weeks. When I was there, um, I told my mother I didn't want to be in the hospital on Halloween. Um, and, like, that was, like, a goal of mine. And I actually got out of the hospital for the last time on October 31st, Halloween of 2017. So awesome. each, each, each Halloween is like a, yay, I haven't been in the hospital for this many years. Oh, that's cool. Now that's, yeah, you celebrate, you celebrate your health. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, I, I'm sure, you know, just because 
you haven't been in the psych ward since 2017. You know, it's, do you still battle with that? Do you still struggle with any part of that? Um, not, well, actually the psychosis. No, I've never been close to being in psychosis again, but, uh, shortly after, no, not shortly. So I met my husband, my ex-husband in 2019. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 2019. And, we moved to Tennessee in 2020 and it was just, it was a shit show because when I was in California, my ex-husband actually was abusive as fuck physically and mentally. Um, and when we moved here, we went through like a bunch of shit. Like, um, we moved here, we had to sell our house. Um, but the HOA in California like fucked us over. So we lost a shit ton of money and it was just really stressful because I was the only one working and he wasn't working cause he was a piece of shit. Um, so I was in and out of derealization. So derealization in my opinion is like a before psychosis step. It's like you lose connection from reality but you can pull yourself back. So it's kind of like a fuzzy dream and like you're not aware uh, now you're not fully aware, but you're aware enough to bring yourself back if you can calm yourself down and come back to reality. Okay. Now, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, but or maybe you don't know. Is that part of bipolar as well? Um, no. Like, okay. so I am bipolar. I actually found out that I was bipolar when I got out of psychosis. They were like, yeah, you're you're just bipolar. At first it was like bipolar with schizophrenic symptoms or bipolar with um, psychotic features, blah, 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 blah. But at the end, my end uh, diagnosis was just bipolar, bipolar one, so. Okay. That's wild, I didn't, um, when we, first got in contact, I didn't realize you had gone through all this. That's a, that's a wild journey, man. Uh, so your book is about this journey then? Yeah. So the book ends in, um, it ends last year, the end of okay. last year. It basically ends with saying my husband and I decided to end things because we were growing apart or whatever, which is not the fucking truth. <laughs> so... Okay. Uh, uh, well, okay. Now, now I'm definitely curious. If you put it in your book, why do you put that in your book instead of you know talking like we are now? Um, because I'm saving that for my next book. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It's getting yeah. nitty gritty. I like it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So my ex husband, before we moved here, uh, he was. I don't even know how to explain how he was. Like he just he was okay for the first couple months of our marriage. And then his grandfather died and he just kind of turned into a psycho. Um, he was all about playing video games, which I get it. You know, you have your own shit, but to ignore your wife, literally to play video games all of the time and not ever want to hang out with me. Like that's, that's not normal. Um, and then, and then didn't work. Like, what? Video games and then it didn't work. He was playing video games literally all day. Literally. Well, no, he, when he got home from work, he would come home and play video games. That was when he was in the Marine Corps. When we moved here, saying, yeah, he didn't work all day. He said, oh, I'm looking for jobs, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't looking for jobs. He was just playing video games. And I actually worked 
a full-time job. I wrote my book. I finished my MBA and I did extra like travel work. So like I could pay all of our fucking bills by myself. Get it girl. Damn. That's yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's, that's a hell of a lot. Especially, you know, going through all the, everything that you've gone through. Like that's, that's a fucking, that's a big deal, man. Be proud of yourself. (laughs) I am. Yeah. And yeah. And then when I left him, I was, I was lost. I was very, very lost because I was like trauma bonded to him because of how horrible of a person that he was. Um, but like, I actually met this guy, like I told you all before we started this guy that had like similar qualities to my ex-husband. And so, okay. My ex-husband was very narcissistic, very abusive, physically, mentally, whatever. Um, he would, he would block me. Like literally, he would he would block my phone number when I would text while, him. While you guys were like together, married. When when we were married, yeah, he oh, would yeah. he would sit beside me like on on our bed, and I would piss him off. So he would say, "I'm fucking blocking you." Like he would make sure that I knew that he blocked me. That's that's manipulative as shit, man. Right? He wow. sounds like a fucking asshole. Yeah, he was he was he was psychotic. Um. And my family, my family doesn't know this, but um, I'm sure actually there's a lot that I'm going to talk about that my family doesn't know. But oh, on the each one of them a personal link. On the on the night of my sister's wedding, my so my husband he was an okay person, but when he drank, he was an asshole. On the night of my sister's wedding, my sister's husband like got him drunk, and you know I got upset and I was like crying because I was like I like I don't want him to be drunk. I want to go home. I don't. Um, so we did go home and he puked in the parking lot on our way home. And when we got home, he was so drunk on his ass that he sat on the floor of the parking lot and I couldn't like pick him up. So I went into our house to change. And then when I got back, he was mad at me because I left him. And then I was like, well, I can't help you up the stairs if like, if I'm in the dress, like you're going to step on it. So then I did get him up and he was walking. He was like, I don't need your fucking help. And then he threw a water bottle at me while I was walking in front of him. Wow. Um, that's a lot. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm no longer an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic. Uh, but that was me when I drank. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was bad. I was a terrible person. Alcohol bring brings out a real bad part in some people and that's why i just don't drink like that uh last time well i drank i drank on the podcast for our one year anniversary that was fun yeah it, that was a good time yeah it was, i drank a bottle of wine Fancy. yeah <laughs> well um, i'm glad like, it takes a lot it takes a lot to like stop doing something that you're so used to doing like that so. Yeah, and and then so did he have a problem drinking on the regular? Especially, you know, uh, I I know a lot of people that are ex-military do have drinking problems. Not not calling anyone out or anything. I'm just saying. I mean, when we were together, I didn't let him drink like ever. Nala, don't fucking bite that, because of he was an asshole while okay. when he was drunk. So like, I didn't let him. Yeah, you don't want him that to be a part of your life. I get that. No. <laughs> But um Nala Nala is like straight obsessed with you. Yeah, she's literally my best friend. Nala. She's like I oh I saved her life. Oh yeah. Also when I did when I did save her life, uh Jake wanted to like kill her. 
basically. Because when I adopted her, she got like severely sick shortly after. And it was going to cost her like a lot of money to save her life. And Jake was like, well, his name's Jake, by the way. Um, Jake was like, well, it's going to be less expensive if we just put her down. So we should just put her down. And I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you if you try and kill the cat. <laughs> Yeah, that it sounds like my wife when I uh, when I say I want to get rid of the dog. She's like, "We'll get rid of you first. You're like, don't mess with my animal. Your dog might get rid of himself first. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's actually why we were running so late. My dog decided to uh, to hop the fence right before oh. we got on the podcast. Yeah, so I had to go chase him down. Did you get your uh, dog back? Oh yeah, he came back. He's just okay. an idiot. <laughs> no, they're just assholes. <laughs> they like to run. They know better. They just, you know, they love like, their run. They gotta try. Yeah. All right. So, talk to me about um, what it was like writing a book, like especially because you were. Well, I mean, you were you were going through school. You were working a full time job. You were supporting somebody else. Like, what was that mm. like? For you? Um, I mean, do actually doing it wasn't hard. Uh, I'm like very goal oriented person. Uh, I'll speak more about that in a second, but, uh, I could have written it in a lot shorter time than I did. It's just when I was in the hospital, my mother actually emailed like my entire family, giving them updates about me and like how I was doing and where I was and everything. And it was a very traumatic experience for my mother and me just like, you know, different in different ways. So it was very hard for my mother to forward me those emails. Uh, and I waited, I don't know, a couple months, a couple months for her to email them to me because I wanted to do it in order. So I got to the point where I needed the emails and then I had to stop for a little bit. Uh, she never ended up sending me the emails, which I understand, like it was, it was hard for her, but my grandma did. So my grandma, my grandma had them and she printed them for me because she didn't know how to forward them for some reason. She printed them and she mailed them to me. Gotta so, love grandma's. Mine mm -hmm. would probably do the same thing. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> yeah. So okay, we got the print. Fuck it. We're going to mail it. <laughs> so now uh, I haven't had a chance to read your book. Uh, I, I actually, what is the name of your book? I don't think you've even um, plugged yourself yet. Plug away, man. It's called Finding Success After Failure, How Psychosis Made Me and Did Not Break Me. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So what did uh what did the emails how did they partake in the book, I guess? Uh so the book is uh it's Sorry, like my brain is like fucked, so I, I can't always say things correctly. Uh it's a uh, timeline, timeline wise, so it goes by months or years. So it, it's like chronological. Yes. That's the word. It's the book is gotcha. chronological. So, you know, I, I put my mother's emails in. So it's like my mom's perspective, like how she saw the situation and then how I saw okay. the situation. So, oh, wow. That's, that's actually very interesting. I wouldn't have thought about doing that. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about it at first either, but my editor was like, you should do it more like this. And I was like, okay, well, I like that idea, but how if I, what if I do it like this? And then it made way more sense. Oh, cool. See, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm real big about trying to figure out like what makes people tick. So seeing it from two different perspectives like that, yeah, that's really interesting. That's cool. It's um, a unique writing style, yeah. Now, uh, you, so you have an editor, do you have a whole team? Uh, no, it's just me. Like okay. I write, I write and then, um, I have an editor 
but like she's not like on a team uh if i wanted if i wrote another book which i am in the process of writing another book which i can actually finish it now if i wanted to um i can just text her and be like hey her name's genevieve can you edit this book for me awesome mm -hmm. very cool so like I'm turning my book into a series, a three-part series. The first one is called Finding Success After Failure, blah, 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 blah. The second one is called Finding Myself because I feel like I lost a lot of myself in my relationships and I didn't really figure out who I was. And like about four days ago, I hung out with my best friend and he kind of said something that made me kind of have an epiphany. It's like, oh, that's who I am. Cause like I said earlier, I was dealing with an asshole, like a psycho. Like he was very similar to my husband, my ex-husband. Like he only heard what he wanted to hear. If I said something he didn't like, he was very, very offensive, very abusive, very annoying. He blocked me. Actually, I said something he didn't like and then he didn't speak to me for five days, which was childish as fuck. And then I said something he didn't like again. And then he blocked me for a week. Um, and I was like, wait, why are you blocking me for no reason? Like, this is what my ex-husband used to do to me. Um, so then my best friend the other day, I asked him randomly, I was like, why do I like being dominated so much when I'm having sex? And he was like, because you have a very dominating personality. And then something clicked in me and I was like, wait, that's why these guys are being assholes to me because they think that they can control me or tell me what to do or walk all over me. Because they think that I'm weak. In my opinion, only weak men cannot handle a strong woman. Strong woman? Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, and I, I'll just put it out there. My wife will whoop my ass any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the the boyfriend that I had, the boyfriend that I had when I was in, well, when I was in psychosis in for a couple of years before, he was a Marine. And I scared the living shit out of him. Like, literally, he was afraid of me. And I was like, wait. That's who I was back in the day. I worked out. I wasn't afraid of anything. I was training for the Navy to get into the Navy to be an officer. I didn't really have any fear. I was deadlifting like 165. I was strong as hell. I was going to the gym, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wait, that's who the fuck I am. That's who I need to remember. Like, I'm not afraid of anything. A guy can't tell me what to do. A guy can't scare me. Like, I'm not going to let a man ever make me feel again like how Joel made me feel. And that, that was the asshole. So I need to stay away from men that's names begin with J, apparently. Jeremy? Well, I'm happily taken. <laughs> Same, <so. laughs> Ten years this October. I don't want to hear it. Uh, um, <laughs> I find that exercise is one of the greatest things for my mental health. Uh, I say it very often on the podcast i john i know you work a very labor intensive job i um, work a lot yeah I put, but I a couple things up and i put them down a couple push-ups wouldn't hurt you <laughs> jimmy all the push-ups wouldn't hurt you yeah whatever just saying man all right you, well, guys... you need to do some squats then <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know can't help it dude I've... Just can't help them. My body's not built to have ass. I'm, I'm right in squats. Right in squats. <laughs> okay, uh, so, I have a, so I have a question for y'all. Yeah, go ahead. Each one of you. Um, So when you're not high, like when you're not smoking weed and like when you're just alone, like how do you feel? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel on edge? Or do you feel like calm? Do you feel like at peace? 
depends on the day I've had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go ahead and answer because mine's going to be. A I second. feel like I'm fine. Like, mm-hmm. It's just I just like getting high. <laughs> so I actually have uh, kind of the opposite experience of what you have. Uh, I was a super anxious, super depressed, uh, very kind of fucked up individual. Uh, and then I had a, a large dose of mushrooms and a very emotional experience. And I came out of it and I looked at my life and I decided to become a better person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's three, four years now since that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's almost like four years now. I didn't realize that. I feel like a lot. The ratio is still off. You got work to do. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm I'm, it's a continuous process. I feel I'm, like I'm, people I'm, say they don't change. Like certain types of people will say they don't change or they're not capable of change, but everyone changes throughout their life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 100%. If, if, if you're not changing, I mean, what's the point? What's what's the purpose? I don't know. To me, the purpose of life is change, is growth, mm-hmm. is trying to become better. But I didn't look at it like that four years ago. Hence my opposite experience of you. Um, you know, I now when I find myself alone, I I meditate, I chill, I relax. Uh, I'm able to you know read and write and be who I want to be. Uh, whereas, you know, when I was an anxious person, I couldn't do all that kind of stuff. Uh, do so you I journal? Think, oh yeah. The guys actually, I was just listening to the, the podcast I uploaded, and the guys are making fun of me for keeping so many books. Uh, I have notebooks and journals. Mm-hmm. And, um, Bill likes to write. I, I do. I like to write. I, I actually like the, the physical experience of writing as well. So, I mean, there's a lot to it. Uh, but if you look throughout history, some of the greatest minds ever, both male and female, kept journals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of awesome when you look back at it and you can read on somebody's life take marcus aurelius for instance man i mean ancient ancient rome and we can read his thoughts and reflect on them and realize that a man that lived that long ago has very similar thoughts to what we have today yeah i'm sorry i went off on a spiel no no it's okay no so I want to say something, but it might be like random. So no, actually, I'm glad that you do that because honestly, like when people tell me that they drink or they smoke weed or they do acid or mushrooms or whatever, it's like, it's not a red flag, but it just, it makes me worry for them because so me personally, I smoked a lot of weed before I did acid. Like I was psychotic. I jumped straight from weed to acid. Um, It's a jump. Yeah. It's a major jump. Um, but like me personally, I do not like to do anything that alters my brain function at all. Because like me personally, I think that my brain is literally the most um, healthy, strong part of me because I was able to pull myself out of that dark place, the psychosis. So now let's stop. Yeah. So for the longest time I knew, do you guys know about attachment styles? Like, do you know about any about anything about that? I do. A little bit. Not enough. Yeah, go ahead. To... Ex- explain it. Because even if we do, maybe our listeners don't. Okay. So there's, <laughs> there's, so there's four different attachment styles. There's anxious. There's avoidant. Uh, well, there's dismissive, avoidant, fearful, avoidant, anxious, preoccupied, and secure. Everybody wants a secure attachment style. 
when it comes to relationships. And when I say relationships, I do not mean just boyfriend, girlfriend, like love relationships. I mean, parents, friends, best friends, you know, whatever, the whole nine yards. So me, I always had an anxious attachment style. And I didn't realize until recently that, you know, attachment styles are fluid. So if you want to be secure, you can be secure. Um, You just have to, you know, be able to put in the work to change your attachment style, to trust people, to have faith that you can be secure. So up until about five days ago, I had a very, very anxious attachment. Then, like I said, that guy, Joel, was a fucking dickhead. I cried for like 10 hours. I didn't eat for like 36 hours because I knew I'd throw it up. I let myself feel because I let myself feel very, very deeply so that my body remembers how I feel and that my body remembers that I'm safe and I can get through it, blah, blah, blah. So now I have a secure attachment style. Now I'm like, if you're going to be a dickhead to me, you can fucking leave my life. Yeah, that's very much how you should be. Right, right. yeah. Yeah, we we all kind of grew up, you know, in uh, I'm just going to say we all kind of grew up in the ghetto. Uh, So we got very good at telling people to fuck off out of of our life. Um, We got we got good at it young. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's helped us grow a lot. We're all out of that situation now. We all live better lives. We all have goals. Um, And to see a lot of people from that same neighborhood have not grown up the same way that we have. I think, you know, having, making sure that you don't have an anxious attachment to another person or a, another relationship is probably one of the best things you can do in your life. Well, see, there's a, there's an anxious avoidant trap, which I've realized. Uh, so avoidant, um, I don't know how to explain it very well, but avoidant, people with an avoidant attachment style, they're like that at the, the in. Like if a problem occurs, right, you you run away from the problem. Like, let's say your wife comes to you and she's like, oh, hey, I'm mad at you, blah, blah, blah. And she like starts yelling at you. Like, do you sit there and like hold, keep yourself calm and like listen to her and try and talk to her? Or do you like run away like a kid and like shut the fucking door and be like, I'm not talking to you until you calm down. Like that's somebody that avoids the problem and like runs away from the problem. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know about for you guys, but I was very much that guy before my mushroom trip. Mm-hmm. Now I'm very much like, let's sit down and talk about this. Let's, yeah. You know, it, whatever it is, it's got to get out in the open. Yeah. So your attachment style sounds more secure. Now, I like I yeah, said, now. I wasn't like yeah. before. I feel, yeah, I feel like being in a relationship with, a person who's able to be an effective communicating partner yeah. is a key part of it. Because mm-hmm. I used to be the same way of just yeah wanting to avoid arguments and mm-hmm. any sort of emotion discomfort in the in the situation. And I would just, you know, I'd just take a walk. Yeah. Walk yeah. away from it. Um but over the past few years being in a relationship that (laughs) someone actually listens to me and vice versa i listen to her it really helps it does yeah i think communication is key literally when it comes to attachment styles i i agree it just john sparked my uh my interest there and I, i was just gonna say like as young men though like as children 
we're taught that if we're upset to walk away from a situation. Yeah, I know. I was going to say that too. Like our, I don't know how old y'all are. I'm 29. The generation of men that I experience, and I'm not, I'm not putting y'all on a bubble just so you know, like every, every guy, but the generation that we have, however the hell y'all were raised, like don't feel, don't cry, blah, blah, blah. Boys don't cry. Like, no, you are raising men that do not know how to handle their emotions. So you're raising guys that, you know, instead of facing the problem, they run away from it or worse, like they're like my ex-husband and they get so overwhelmed with their emotions that they take it out on you and like abuse women because they can't handle their emotions, let alone another person's emotions. I I completely agree. And as as sad as that is because that's you know mostly what you've known i think that our generation is better than the previous generation and i think that their generation is better than the one previous to them Mm -hmm. i think it has been a constant growth cycle at least for western traditions that you know male dominated cultures that we as men were taught to do the exact opposite of that um and it, it's just now within the past couple of generations that we're trying to get out of that. You know, it's, yeah. I see, you know, Maddie's not here and I, I really don't want to talk too much about him or his family life, but I see like he actually talks to his children and it's okay for them to have feelings and it, mm-hmm. it's okay for them to express those feelings. And that's, that's awesome because as a kid, I was told children are meant to be seen and not heard. Bodily, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, we <laughs> we're 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 a scraggly bunch of kids. We were, yeah. <laughs> but it, and and that's uh, that's just what I mean, though, is like to see a newer generation being taught something different, to be yeah taught how to handle their feelings. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, I completely agree with you. Our generation was taught, you know, the exact opposite. Yeah, I feel like our generation is the turning point, though. Like our yeah. generation. Huge turn in the way people raise their kids. I 100% oh. agree with that. Like, I see people on TikTok all the time, women with like young men, and they're like, I'm teaching my man that it's my son that it's okay to feel so that like he doesn't destroy your daughter or whatever. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and that's what it should be for real. Yeah, like um, our generation needs to be, needs to break trauma, generational curses or whatever. Well, like, I mean, so the guys will tell you, back when I was, you know, in my early 20s, late teens, I, I was a bit of a hoe, and I broke <laughs> a lot of women's hearts, I, and I feel terrible about it. That's, I was a hoe earlier, too, when I was young. It's okay. Yeah, I just, well, I don't, I don't mind so much that I was a hoe. My wife knows about it. It's okay. It's a thing. Um, <laughs> what I feel bad about is the way that I treated some of those women, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just didn't know any better. And when I started to learn how to be a better person, it was so ingrained in me that it was, it was very hard to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I've seen you grow into um, someone different than you've been. And, you know, with Leah, you, you've grown into a much better and stronger man. You know, and like you said earlier, it's having a partner that you're able to communicate with. Yeah. And I've, I've seen you grow into a fucking man, like an actual man with Becca. And it's wild to me. You know what I mean? It's just, we weren't the kids that were going to do that. And, you know, it, I'm proud of you guys. Proud of me. Fuck it. I'm proud of you guys too. 
Thanks. Sorry, Aaron. All right, I got, got emotional for a second. <laughs> Hello, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My bad. Um, so, what do you find? What do you find that you know as as men in our generation? What is our biggest problem as a whole that you see from a woman's perspective? not being able to handle your emotions like literally so when when okay so i i i wish i could sit here and say that i hate my husband and i could but i don't because my husband was severely depressed he was going through a lot when you know when he was being abusive when he was being psychotic but the the thing is is that because he was never taught how to handle that I wasn't there for him because I couldn't be there for him. Does that like, I say, does that make sense a lot? I'm surprised I haven't said that once, but I, you know, I was paying the bills. I was working. I was, you know, traveling. I had a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't be there for him. Then, you know, I loved him. I did. And I felt for him. I'm, I felt for him. I didn't fall for him, but I felt for him because I knew that he was fighting his own issues, but I just, I couldn't be there for him in any way because I had a lot of other shit that I was dealing with. Like we would have lost our house. We'd have lost our dogs. We would have lost a shit ton more than we lost if, if I hadn't worked and he did work. He did. But you know, because he was so depressed because he was going through so much and he was avoiding what the fuck he was going through. He lost jobs. He was losing his mind and so that's why, partially why I ended it, because I was like, I cannot do this anymore because I'm losing my goddamn mind and I cannot help you. So this, I just can't do this anymore, like at all. So. You do know there's like some decent dudes out there though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy that I'm okay. fucking right now is pretty decent. Yeah. Get it, girl. <laughs> She's so straight up. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's just. Actually, it's... I don't, I don't want to say his name, but. Yeah. No, you're fine. You don't have to. Um, it's it's nice to know that, you know, I, I look at myself as someone who's growing. Uh, and it's nice to know that other people out there are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. So whether it's it's male or female, you know, you're going through all this shit. You're you're learning who you are again and you're out having fun and still trying to, you know, find someone to, to spend your time with. That's awesome. Yeah. I respect so that, the hell out of that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So that's like the biggest thing. Like for the longest time I was like, I worried about what other people thought and not what I think, not what I want and not, you know, societal norms or whatever, like societal norms. They're like, Oh, you shouldn't have sex with whoever the hell you want to have sex with. You shouldn't fuck on the first date, blah, 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 blah. But me personally, like sexual chemistry is very, very important to me. So if we, if we do not connect on that level, like, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not going to fucking work. If I, if I don't want to jump your bones, like it's not going to work. Sorry. (laughs) That's fair. I completely agree on that. I've always agreed on that. Um, But again, that's from a male's perspective. So uh, that's why, that's why I said, like, I, 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 for, for most of my life, I have gotten along with men a lot easier than women because I feel like uh, some women are pretty intimidated by me or they can be because, like I said, I'm a very dominant woman. I'm very loud. I, came, I come from a long line of very loud, very strong, very dominant women. Like, 
if if you are around my family, if you if you're not yelling, then you're not being heard. Are you Italian? No. <laughs> I just had to ask. Sounds like no. my household. <laughs> we just have like very strong-willed people in in my yeah, family. Yeah, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I, that's Nala. Stop it. My wife, as she goes and yells at the cat. Nala, stop. I don't know what she's doing. So, uh, besides medication, oh yeah, go do your. I'm actually, I'm not even, I'm not even medicated actually. Okay. Uh, well, what, <laughs> what else have you found that uh, that really helps you, uh, you know, in this journey? So, um, okay, that's a lie. I am, I am medicated, but it's only when I need it. So I'm on okay. hydro, I'm on hydroxyzine. So hydroxyzine is like a it's a medication for anxiety for like as needed anxiety. Cause like, I know, like I am so connected with my body, like my mind and my body that I know when I'm anxious, I know when an anxiety attack is going to come on and I can take my hydroxyzine and I know it'll kick in in half an hour and I'll be fine. And my body will know, Hey, you're safe. You're okay. But like what really, really helped me uh, so, like I said, after this, I'm meeting. I have a another meeting with my psychologist, like my first, my very first one after I got out of the hospital, and she was very, very big on CBT. And CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's like retraining your brain, retraining how you think. And okay. like I said earlier, um, like like five days ago, five days ago, I was anxious, literally <sighs> anxious of what not. No, I anxious attachment. And then when I met, when I saw my best friend, Chris on Saturday, we went to the fair, like, and like I told you, he told me that I'm a, I have a very dominant personality. And then I was like, Oh yeah. And then I'm very goal oriented. So I told myself, I want to be secure. And then the next day I was like, okay, like, I don't give a fuck who you are. If you come into my life, if, if I feel dysregulated at any point, and I'll explain what dysregulated is in a second, but if I feel dysregulated at any point, if I'm around you with, if you're speaking to me, then like you're, you're going to be out of my life. So when I was dating Joel, which was the other asshole that was very similar to my husband, uh, he freaked the fuck out on me one night and uh, he made me puke three times in a row because of how he was speaking to me. Cause I didn't do anything to the man. Uh, I invited him to a party because he told me he wanted to meet new people and meet new friends and blah, blah, blah. And like have new friends. So I invited him to a party and he got mad at me because like a week before the party, I told him, Oh yeah, there's going to be 20 people there. And he was like, I didn't know there was going to be that. There's going to be that many people that like, that makes me very anxious, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm sure you'll be fine because I'm was sure that here would be fine. Like these people are very easy to get along with, very open, very outgoing, very welcoming. And he got mad at me because I told him, I'm sure you'll be fine. And he freaked the fuck out of me because I told him, I'm sure you'll be fine. Like I said, I'm sorry. I'm sure you'll be fine. And since, since he thought that I told him, I'm sure you'll be fine. He got mad about that. And then the next day he, he was mad at me. Like I, I can know he, I can pick up on energies. Like I know if you're mad at me or not. And I was like, what's going on? Like, why are you okay? He said, I'm fine. And I was like, okay. And he told me, we'll talk about it later. And then he spent the entire day being cold to me, like just liking my messages, not responding, responding with short answers. And then that evening he was like, 
I'm not coming over because I made us dinner. I bought him like ice cream because I know he likes ice cream. And I made us like a special dinner, like a dinner that I wouldn't usually fucking eat. But, you know, I'm too fucking nice of a person. And then he ended up saying, oh, yeah, I'm not coming over. I don't feel well. I'm going to go home. And I said, "Are okay. Like, are you mad at me? Because he was he told me he told me to ask him instead of making assumptions. So I asked him if he was mad and he said he wasn't mad at me. So then he spent the entire day being mad at me. Then, um, then he like, he freaked out on me and I called him because usually we talk about things. Um, and then he just, he went, he went off on me through a text message. And I was like, I don't understand what I did wrong. Literally. I just told you that you would be okay at a party. And then he made me puke three times because, like, he was freaking out on me for no goddamn reason. So then then the next day, I, I got mad at him, and I called him a fucking hypocrite because I was like, you told me to ask you if you were mad or ask you whatever, and that you would tell me and that we would talk, blah, blah, blah. And But you didn't. You spent the entire day mad at me like steaming or whatever stewing in your fucking anger and then he didn't like that i called him out and called him a fucking hypocrite so then he blocked me after that for a fucking week and then i reached out to him like an idiot and then like we started things again and then before that he had not spoken to me for like five days and then like a week later he said oh i'm dating another girl and uh, then that day he made me cry for like 10 fucking hours. Um, but oh, and uh, actually, so we had plans to hang out on Monday, Labor Day, or if it was Labor Day, I don't fucking know. But he saw the other girl Sunday and he spent the night with her. And then he told me he would hang out with me on Monday night. And then Monday night rolls around. It's like seven fucking 30. And he says, oh, I'm sorry. Like I've been alone for like hours, but I've been enjoying my my time alone and that's okay like you said we would fucking hang out tonight so like why did you just reach out to me now and then i was like okay well i know that your next free day is wednesday so can we hang out wednesday he was like well i'm seeing my friend on wednesday and i knew when he said friend he meant the other fucking girl so i threw up again and then um then he was like, oh, I'll see you Saturday. And then Thursday rolls around because he saw that stupid fucking girl Wednesday. And then he calls me and says, oh, hey, I'm sorry. Like me and this other girl are going to try and be in a serious relationship. And I'm going to like, we can't do anything anymore. So then he made me cry for like 10 fucking hours because I was like, you told me that you liked me, blah, 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 blah. And then I didn't eat, like I said, didn't eat for 36 hours. Uh, the next morning I cried for like four hours again. Like I said, I let myself feel like very, very deeply. So I remember, so I remember that I'm okay. I'm safe, blah, blah, blah. So my body knows that I'm safe. Um, yeah. And then that was the end of that. Uh, I blocked, no, he blocked me again, actually. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a psycho person. And like I said, he had very, very similar ways of interacting with me that my ex-husband did. And I was like, wait, like, then I hung out with my best friend and I was like, wait, like, why am I letting this, this fuck boy like affect me like this? Like, there's no point. I'm never going to let another person affect me like this again, because that's, that's how my ex-husband was. So then I like come Saturday, Sunday. Now I'm like secure as hell. I'm like, no, you, nobody gets to treat me like this ever again. Good. I, I mean, I said it earlier. Everyone deserves to feel that way uh, in, in any part of the relationship. Uh, 
Sorry, I know that was a lot. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, I'm just like taking it all in. Um, if you have if you have questions, I can I can repeat. <laughs> no, I, I think yeah, we're all just kind of taking it in. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, a couple of things. Uh, one, I'm going to say the whole, like, blocking you and the way he was talking to you, that is something I would expect out of a female. I don't know about you guys. Right. Um, <laughs> just being honest. I, I can agree with that. That's, that's not how I would handle the situation. That's not how I would have handled regardless, it four years ago. Regardless of male or female, it's highly immature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, the whole blocking thing um you said you're 29 yeah i'm 29 he's 31 joel yeah. was 31 so i mean i'm 32 john's 86 <laughs> <laughs> how old are you now 35 yeah. are you okay you're not so 80. so actually okay. quick sidebar like when i was going through all this like i one of my new best friends like i was talking to her about it and we would like we would make fun of him a little bit. I was like, this is like drama. Like he is the drama. And I'm like, I'm 29 years old. I don't need high school shit drama. Like th this is literally dramatic as fuck for no goddamn reason. Yeah. That's, that's it's yeah. very dramatic for as fuck for no reason. I, I would agree completely. Yeah. Um, so you said you're, you're going to be talking to your psychologist after this. Yeah. So, the very first one. So when I got out of the hospital on Halloween of 2017, uh, yeah. I went to a very, very specialized um, recovery program. It's literally, I think, the literal top recovery program in the country for sorry, young adults with psychosis. So um, when I was first in psychosis, my mom, I think she took me to like a therapist and the therapist told her right away that I was in psychosis, but that idiotic therapist was like, um, there's nothing I can do for her. Uh, she will have to be on medication her entire life, blah, 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 blah. Um, therapy won't work. And then I was, I actually talked to my mom not too long ago and my mom actually is on my podcast there. The last, the last I'll send y'all a link to it if you want. But the last yeah, yeah. the last episode of my podcast is my mother and I talking deeply about like my story and going going into that like her view and my view and but it, it's it's oh, yeah, two it's, it's two parts. It's a little over an hour. Um, super interesting. Well, we we've, we've been talking for almost an hour. Yeah, about fifty minutes, give or take. Yeah. Um, hour goes by faster than you think when you're having conversation. Yeah, but um. So that therapist was like, yeah, therapy won't work. Uh, she has to be on medication forever. Um, but then the psychologist that I did see for, I think, about two and a half years, she was very big on therapy. She was very big on retraining your brain, uh, that your brain is like the most powerful tool that you have, which is true. Like a couple of weeks ago, I started doing a CBT book again, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and I am literally the healthiest I have ever been. Like I have, I have such literal control over my emotions that like the other day I was feeling kind of dysregulated because I was a little upset about dickhead Joel again. Um, but I was like, wait, why am I worrying about this asshole? Like he's not in my life anymore. So for me, it's like holding yourself accountable. You have to ask yourself questions. You have to be um, interested in yourself. 
and just holding yourself, I don't know what the right word is, but yeah, holding yourself accountable, asking questions, like being interested in yourself uh, because I'm regulated like 24 seven. Now I'm always at peace. Like nothing's bugging me. Nothing makes me feel off. Oh, that's great. Do you, do you meditate at all? I do. Um, I actually started, not started, but I downloaded this app called Balance. And uh, it's been a game changer. It's on Amazon, it's on Apple and Android. The people that created it, they just, they want everybody to have like access to it. So right now it's free for a year and you, you can donate, you can pay like zero to $30, I think, to get up to a year for free. Because, oh, like, cool. the, yeah, the creators of it just want everybody to have access to to things that will help them with their mental health. So I actually, how we, how you and I, Billy, um, handle ourselves, it's kind of very similar. I journal, I color, I meditate, I practice mindfulness, um, just a bunch of other crap. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I find it super helpful. Uh, I, the guys that were laughing at me the other day, I was... Uh, I was showing them my uh, my morning um, routine. I, I play, um, you know, like uh, uplifting uh, meditation. Oh, um, like confirmation. Yeah. Or positive affirmation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know what, man? It, I feel good every morning, man. I, I drive into work. I got a smile on my face. I go yeah. in, I do my thing, and I'm happy throughout the day. Um, so that's that's my thing, too. I'm like... I'm going to use Joel as an example a lot because fuck him. Like, I don't care. So when I was, when I was, when I was dating him, he uh, was, he listened to this, this guy named David Goggins or something, this ex, this ex Navy SEAL. And I was like, why the hell are you listening to somebody that's trained to fucking kill someone to try and, to try and handle your problems? Like that doesn't make any goddamn sense when I go to the gym. So I went to the gym I think yesterday or the day before yesterday. When I go to the gym, I don't fucking listen to anything specific. I listen to whatever makes me the happiest. Like whatever song, it could be the slowest song on the planet. Like, like Owl City, Fireflies. Like literally, I I could listen to that song of the gym because it brings me happiness. And I literally, <laughs> I, I can literally sit there and just, just focus on like the what I whatever I'm listening to and just get my workout done. So the other day, like I'm super sore right now, but the other day before that I had only been, um, leg pressing, I think like maybe 90, 90. And then I put it up to, I think like 145 after I was like, oh, I'm just going to listen to whatever the hell keeps me happy. <laughs> it's there like all, it's all in your mind. Oh yeah. I'll agree. But I, I am going to throw out there that, uh, David Goggins is freaking awesome. So you, you should actually try listening to him before you give him shit. Not for you. Uh, <laughs> She's just like, oh. no, no, yep. not for me. No, he's, it, too, he's very motivational. Yeah, but he's too—he's just—he's too aggressive. He's far. Okay. He's far. He's that's, far too aggressive. That's and fair. honestly, you... too, like I—I I have a bad experience with like a with Navy SEALs. Like, no. Okay, no. that's fair. The um, only—the only Navy SEAL I've that I like is. Sorry, the only Navy SEAL I like is that the Chris Kyle guy. Like he's supreme. But that's oh yeah. It. Okay. He, um, he's he's dead, so <laughs> can't listen to him. Yeah. Uh, have you tried? Uh, you ever heard of Jacko Wilnack? 
no, I don't listen to a lot of motivational speakers. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of just far more aggressive. I kind of just listen to myself. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, is well, I mean, that's that's kind of what you're doing for other people too, isn't it? Uh, with your book, is you know trying to be motivational in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I want to be a uh, mental health. Well, I actually am. I want. I'm a mental health activist. Stop it. That's awesome. I mean, we kind of are just in our own way. Uh, yeah. We definitely don't do it the same way that you do. I feel like uh, every but, everybody needs to be a mental health activist. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how we feel about it. It's that's why we had you on in the first place. Is you know we we used to do a segment. Um, well, probably actually probably about a year ago now we stopped doing it. Uh, but we used to call it the uh, you know the dude to dude segment, and we would give just like simple easy tips for for dudes to just you know. Uh, improve their lives. Yeah, and yeah. you know, just simple shit like you know, call your grandparents, man. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of guys don't just call their grandparents and have conversations mm-hmm. with them. Uh, and you know, I know every time I talk to my grandparents, I I end the conversation with a smile. So, you know, simple shit can really go a long way to help improve your life. Yeah, like my grandma is my best friend. I call her every single day. It's like it's weird for us if we do not hear from each other once a day. Yeah, that's awesome. Good, and, and a lot of people don't aren't able to have that uh, relationship with their grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot, a lot of people aren't able to uh, to have that relationship with their family. Um, I that kind of breaks my heart. Um, no, I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, you get <clears throat> you guys uh, have a decently large family um, on both sides, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind of. Yeah. Decently large. I mean, not. We've got different fathers, so that kind of. Well, yeah, that I know, but that makes that, an extended family. Actually, there's three fathers among the brothers, so yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's wild. My family always seemed really small to me because even though my parents had split, uh, they got along very well. So like my dad was over always over at my mom's for Christmas and shit, um, but it, it having a good family background I think is is you know kind of key to uh, to growing up and learning healthy coping mechanisms. Uh, although there are people that definitely come out of it and uh, and of different situations and come out with good coping mechanisms. Um, for me though, family was a big part of it. I don't know about you guys. When it was all right. Yeah. I mean. Well, you you guys have a totally different story than I do. We had some rough shit going up. Yeah. Really, really can't peg one thing. Um, I mean, besides maybe. maybe being a kid that, like, took everybody's shit growing up. Yeah. Talking to Mark. Sorry. Besides being a kid that uh, took everybody's shit growing up. I mean, that being said, though, Jim, we at least had each other. Like, I remember us bros at least sticking together. As yeah, best, but you guys gave me could. a lot of shit growing up too. But you were the youngest, so I mean that's. They, yeah, you were the youngest. I wasn't giving I, you I got as shit much on. shit. I tried not to give you as much shit. Did do you have any siblings, Aaron? I have one sister. She's older. Okay. Now, do you guys get along? Up. We didn't get along growing up. Like, I love my sister more than anything, but we are very, very different people. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get it because me and my brother were different. Uh, we mm-hmm. still, we shared a bond that, you know, no one else can. We, we were siblings. Yeah. Uh, he passed away. Um, oh, really? I'm so sorry ago. to hear that. Yeah. He, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was three years ago now. Well, yeah, because it was it was when I met my wife. Aww. Um it's yeah, I will make a long story short. Um mm-hmm. my my wife is my brother's best friend's sister. Uh, so I that's how we ended up meeting was from that whole situation. So good things can happen from terrible things. Mm-hmm. You know, everything happens for a reason. Like Everything in life is either a lesson or a blessing, a, le- a lesson, a lesson or a blessing. And it depends on like on how you handle it. It really does. Create a hundred percent. I feel like you should learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't, you're not looking hard enough. Yeah. So I, if, you could, if you could give any piece of advice to anyone else going through, you know, similar situation, either the psychosis or just, you know, uh, a breakup where the guy was being a fucking douchebag, um, is there any advice that you can give? I mean, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> just make sure that you eat. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you eat. Just, just make sure that you eat. Um, just remember that someone, how someone treats you is not a direct reflection of you. It's a direct reflection of them. Um, and just always make sure that you have your best interest at heart versus nobody else's because at at the end of the day, it's you and only fucking you. Like you're going to die alone. So like you have to be okay with being yourself by yourself. For sure. I definitely agree with that. Right. Well, Aaron, um, I think we're going to wrap it up for the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to throw out? Do you want to, uh, you want to plug in your uh, social medias or anything like that? Uh, so what I most active on is actually Facebook, but my TikTok is finding Aaron, uh, finding three underscores, Aaron. And then my Instagram is same thing. Finding three underscores, Aaron, and uh, but yeah, I'm like I'm most active on Facebook. <laughs> uh, awesome. yeah, so, so my book, most of our sorry. listeners, my book is on Amazon. Uh, it's also on like BarnesandNoble.com, but like most people order from Amazon, so you can find my book on Amazon. Uh, like I said, I finally found myself again, so that's my second book that I'll probably be finishing sometime soon. Um, uh, but no, actually, do you guys have any questions for me before I before I end? Before we end, I, I've been kind of asking along the whole way, so I, I'm gonna step back and I don't know if you guys got anything. I mean, there's a lot of information to process Nala, for sure. Get the hell out of my face, Nala. Yeah, I, I mean, the, kind of the way we work is we just ask along the way. Um, well, I got, I got it. So uh, you know what the the dude to dude segment is. Do you got a, a dude to dude for any of the guys listening? What do you mean? She's so cute. Yeah. Um, you you just got like a short little piece of advice that like you think that guys could use to make their life a little bit happier. Um. Well, how I end every episode of my podcast is I just say, 
remember, it's okay to not be okay. And if you're not okay, reach out for help if you need it. Awesome. I love it. That's, yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right, guys. We will uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Um, see you. No, let's stop it. <laughs>